0: Welcome to the Common Good Podcast, the podcast that showcases the very best of Glasgow Caledonian University and how the institution, its staff and its research benefits people and communities both at home and overseas. My name is Craig Telfer and today I am joined by Dr. Talene Butaleb, Associate Dean International for the School of Computing, Engineering and Built Environment to talk about the steps our university is taking to tackle racism. Talene, it is great to have you on the show. Thank you very much for joining me.
1: Thank you so much, Craig.
0: I'm going to kick things off with quite a big question, quite a broad question. What is racism and how do we define it?
1: Racism, if you look at discrimination, hostility, and specifically towards an ethnic group, and that can be verbal, it can be the way that we behave, it can be written. It could be also minor or big. So. You know, it can come really with any form, but at the end of the day, it's affecting people, whether it's minor or not.
0: One of those minor ways is microaggressions. That's an expression that's become part of public consciousness in recent years. How do we define microaggressions?
1: Yeah, so it's similar to what I've mentioned with racism, but it's more subtle in a sense. So best way is really to, to maybe give an example where you can intentionally or unintentionally maybe mispronounce the name. So it kind of, especially if it's repetitive or you have been told how to pronounce it correctly, but you're still thinking, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. I just pronounce it the way I want. So it can be really disrespectful. It can annoy some people. So it could be maybe perceived as minor, but it genuinely can affect people.
0: So in that context, Talene, what does racism look like at Glasgow Caledonian University? How does it manifest itself?
1: Yeah, so you can have it either between the students or between staff or student and staff. And then really, it, it can be, uh, for example, a student commenting on a staff a spoken English, for example, or it could be a bit more really aggression towards, uh, you know, again, ethnic group. So it can be, as I've mentioned before, either small or big.
0: Do you think it's a big issue at GCU?
1: Yeah, I mean, really I would say when we are looking at quantitatively or qualitatively with the last one or the the latter one, since we started work on this, either staff or students that approached um, either myself or any member of of a staff or, or a student, they've mentioned their experiences. So it seems like a number of them are definitely experiencing racism. But even if we look at data, And, you know, you can look into certain areas. So, for example, let's say appointment of a new staff. If we look at appointment of a new staff, uh, 18% of black um, would be appointed in comparison to 25% of white. So there is already certain areas that from data we are identifying as a problem. Another one, if we look at student side, so from a student attainment gap, I mean, these students, whether whatever the, their background is, they are entering with the same requirement for programs, but one ends up with obtaining first class degree and another wouldn't just because of a color. And that gap at the moment is the worst for black, where it's sitting at around 20%. So there are definitely problems area.
0: How do we compare in that regard to other universities in Scotland?
1: It really varies from area to area. So for example, let's say the attainment gap, all across in the UK, they do have that issue and they're trying to work on it. When we look at recruitment, again, all universities have these issues. For example, promotion, we seem to be doing really well in comparison to others, other universities. So it really varies in certain areas, but there are common as well across the UK.
0: You mentioned about experiences that members of staff and students might have had in encountering racism. Can you perhaps give us some examples?
1: Yeah, so it could be, for example, the spoken English one that I have mentioned, a number of the staff and the students comment either directly to them or via the module evaluation that is written, you know, that member of staff can't speak English, for example, or we can't understand, or sometimes it can be a little bit like really rude in a a sense of how it is put and similarly, students as well from um, staff that they experience certain issues, and that would be, for example, in the classroom, you know, in front of all other students. So it, it, there are definitely a few, um, you know, a number of things that are happening across the campus.
0: GCU is a predominantly white institution, both in terms of its staff and its students. Do you think that racism can be a difficult subject for an institution like ours to breach?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think it is really for most institutions, it's a quite hard anyway subject to talk about initially and to raise awareness about it, but also some staff and students might be thinking that it is... um, Uh, you know, if they speak what they are thinking, they might offend people. So some might be hesitating to speak about it. And that's where I would say, like I would encourage the staff and students to attend seminars, to attend training, whenever we are putting them around, just really to try and engage with the subject more and have a better understanding. So there isn't this fear of I'm gonna say something wrong or I don't understand it.
0: That leads me very nicely on to my next question is how can we change that? I mean, you've mentioned seminars there, what else can we do?
1: Really, a lot of engagement with the training would be quite good as well. So, we've put on a number of training and seminars, and we will be putting a lot more as well. Comes you know, the, this next academic year, we'll have um, conversations, for example, you know, a series of conversations, and that one of the things. I think initially, we just really need to get the awareness up, and then we can tackle more and more areas. Uh, The communications that we have across the university, you know, that's very important, how the comms as well are Mm -hmm. talking about tackling racism in general.
0: So what existing measures are in place for students and staff to report abuse?
1: We have separate. So for staff, we've got the usual staff conflict and complaints resolution policy. So there are obviously the informal one, but the formal one is in there. And for students, we have the complaints handling procedures. So both of these do exist at the moment.
0: Are these existing measures good enough? Are are people satisfied with the process?
1: No, I mean, that is one of the issues as well. Uh, Both the students and staff raised that is one is they're not really sure if it's an actual safe space for them to speak about the the issues, Um, just in case, for example, student might think that it will affect their performance, uh, you know, their results will be affected. Or staff, they might think, you know, that there will be some consequences on the promotion or anything if they are speaking about it. So that's the first thing is the safe space. And then the other uh, worry is, are the staff dealing with these complaints, uh, understand what racism is? Did they get the right to training, you know, because maybe you can bring it in front of them, but they might not understand or identify it as racism. So these are some of the worries.
0: Now, GCU formed a task force in 2019 to address racism. Can you talk to me a wee bit about the task force?
1: Yeah, it is. Um, it's got staff and students' representation from across um, the university. So, I have a staff from academic schools, or from departments. Um, students, undergraduate, postgraduate research. So uh, really, really nicely representative uh, all across, but also they have expertise areas, so either via their uh, research, uh, for example, an ethnic minority and decolonising the curriculum and a number of areas. So it's really, really uh, a, a good group.
0: Now the task force has put in place nine recommendations on how the university can tackle racism. Can you talk to me about the recommendations?
1: Really from some of the the areas that we have mentioned, Uh, so for example, I mentioned a bit on the appointments, so where that would be one of the recommendations that would look into targeting recruitment uh, side. We talked about the attainment gap, so again, looking and trying to address this, uh, identifying what the issues behind it. Um, I mentioned briefly on decolonizing the curriculum again, addressing that would be um, another recommendation now is more known as the anti racist curriculum so just really moving from an initial uh, way of what we have uh, talked about. We wanted to ensure that every single service and function across the university really kind of have not only have the understanding and awareness of racism, but also are committed to tackling it and embedding it within the department or the service. Um, also the comms, I've mentioned the communication, so improving on communications, but also ensure that we have these recommendations in any future training and so on in there, ensure that uh, we have specific training. So it could be training either, as I've mentioned for the reporting, but also training for staff who are on the promotions panels and and so on. So training all across improving on reporting mechanisms um, really for staff and students. So again, we've touched on on that and ensuring any BAME staff and student data are in the mainstream uh, reporting and a few more I think I think another one that I might have missed is looking on how we can improve the procurement side and that is really to support um, you know, BAME businesses and, and our really, you know, society, especially nearby, you know, where where we live in Glasgow and so on. So I think I hope I've not missed them, but that, <laughs> that should be the nine uh, recommendations in there. But you've seen, I mean, it's what we've been speaking about and it's trying to address
0: yeah. all of these areas. These recommendations sound excellent. They sound really worthy and very worthwhile. But do we have targets or deadlines to try and meet these recommendations? What are we working towards?
1: Yeah, so since we've done, uh, since the task group did the recommendations, the executive board have been absolutely brilliant. And they, each of the members, they've developed action. So there's full action plan on tackling racism, but they have tied their, uh, the actions into basically addressing the recommendations. And some of the targets uh, with regards to deadline are within this year. Others, they are a future long-term and will take a number um, of years. So yeah, we definitely do have an action plan with targets.
0: You mentioned executive, border to lean. What can we do to improve representation at senior and executive level? Because while I think we do very well in terms of gender diversity at the university, perhaps a wee bit behind in terms of racial diversity. So what are we doing to address that?
1: Yeah, I mean, remember as well with the gender diversity, things took time, they took a number of years really to get to where we are. And I think there, that could be one of the challenges is that it will take a little bit of time, especially when it comes to the recruitment side. But I think we have really a, a, a very nice pipeline at the moment and I think is supporting the pipeline. That would be one of the things, you know, creating um, opportunities uh, as well that could really improve and obviously as more, maybe another, you know, a a bit on the longer term, but the more that we are improving on the recruitment, the job appointment, then uh, the more that we have this pipeline coming in.
0: A term you've mentioned previously was decolonizing the curriculum. Can you explain that in a bit more detail and explain why it's important?
1: Basically what we want is every module leader within the university to look at their syllabus, to look at the module syllabus, And to think, have they done certain assumptions of the curriculum where they've made it more of a European centric? uh, Have they broadened it uh, really to consider so many other regions, assumptions, areas, you know? So one of the things would be uh, maybe best, if I can give an example, and especially from an engineering point Mm -hmm. of view. So I, for example, ask my students uh, to investigate an area and I usually city area that I ask for, and that is really to see does your mobile phone, for example, could work behind a building. So they look at terrain and they look at the modeling. So what my plans would be is really maybe rather than be very specific, so it has to be Glasgow city mm-hmm. centre. How about you look at your own city? You know, wherever you come from, or wherever area, if we're looking internationally, for example, or something that, um, you know, where you were brought up. It could be any region and that way, you know, at least the, the start to, the students will start to feel that they, they do belong and they're not marginalized. And that's the idea of decolonizing the curriculum as you want to improve that student experience and hopefully uh, address this attainment uh, gap. So there are a number of things that we can do, but that's initially what we would like to ask the module leaders to, to do. Look at the syllabus and what can they do.
0: That's very interesting. I I always thought the term uh, decolonising the curriculum only applied to humanities subjects. I think of like English literature. I didn't think that it could apply to engineering in that regard.
1: No, so it can apply to anything some subjects are easier it's much easier for them to really look into how they can decolonize the curriculum but others as i've mentioned any really subject you can look at the syllabus and see how can you broaden it up how it could you can change for example the assessment way so it might be still keeping the syllabus but it's how you're assessing it you are engaging with the students and you're trying to get their point of view and their side in there as well.
0: As well as these nine recommendations, Talene, what other work has the task force done?
1: So we've done really a lot of things in regards to um, one member, for example, is working on big. So this is the intercultural Training. I'm not so sure if you've heard of that, but basically we're trying to get um, staff as well as students. So it started from uh, um, a student really working with a number of staff in order to get this intercultural basically work. And um, what we want, because it's really quite hard when we talk about training and engagement with students and staff, you'll have students coming year one every single year and you want to get them into speed with this. So one of the things that we're trying to do is to embed this project. um, So it's called the big project. It's trying to embed this in modules that they have year one students across. So you have these big uh, modules that have, for example, 200 students and we try to get this embedded in there. So that way they are looking into racism from the start and we're getting that awareness in there. So there are a number of members as well. For example, they have formed the anti-racist curriculum. So a number of within the task um, group that they've got this. Uh, So there are really numerous works that they're they're going across the
0: You mentioned that these systematic changes won't happen overnight and they might take a number of years to implement. But what are the other barriers and challenges that we might face going forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, a number of things really is on the student and staff. So I've mentioned before that certain actions sometimes might be unintentional. And when they're not raising awareness of staff and students and they are thinking more about it and changing their ways, then that is really excellent. But where I think there might be a challenge is for either group of staff or students that they're really not keen on making changes and that can be a little bit challenging because on campus is really where they really need to adhere to anything that we have, where we say it's a zero tolerance and there you cannot have any racism whatsoever. So it, it takes time to, to raise awareness across the campus, for sure, but my main kind of thoughts of where I would be a bit worried is that there could be group of staff and students that they're not really willing to change. And that would be really one of the, the challenges in there.
0: So how do you overcome that challenge, then?
1: That's a very hard question, <laughs> Craig. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really a hard one. I have no idea, Craig.
0: <laughs> would you say, if uh, if GCU successfully implements these nine recommendations, where do you think the institution will be, both in the short and the long term?
1: I really hope that it would be this um, much Better environment to work and study in, where you are feeling one, uh, you're not having, you're not experiencing racism, whether it's on a daily basis or you know any time, it's just not acceptable. So first is this environment, this changing environment that would be there, but also attracting, um, you know, a lot of talent and attracting the staff and students, because hopefully if they see that, you know, there is a change in there and we are um, having these equal opportunities all across, that will really attract the staff and students.
0: Are you confident we'll get there?
1: Oh, definitely. Of course.
0: Well, Talene, thank you very much for speaking to me today about a very important topic. It was great to talk to you. Oh, thank
1: you so much. I enjoyed it. Thank
0: you. Thank you. And I'd also like to thank everyone for tuning into the show. And I hope you'll join us again next time. We'll be chatting with another member of staff from Glasgow Caledonian University. In the meantime, please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and everywhere else. Until then, I've been Craig Telfer, and this has been the Common Good Podcast.